Perhaps we can make a start this morning in this morning worship service. If we can turn to a hymn. First hymn is 494. Four hundred and ninety-four, all the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Let us stand to sing the opening hymn. Let us ask for the Lord's blessing in this morning's service. Let our bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we give thanks to Thee that we are able to meet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we come this morning not offering up strange fire, but Lord, we come in the true name, where there is no other foundation that which was laid by Him. Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would give Thy special blessing this morning. Lord, we call upon the name of Jesus. Lord, how we need a fresh vision of Christ. Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would meet with us here in a special way. Lord, we confess to Thee that vain is the arm of man. But Lord, we do look look to Thee at this time that Thou art the great provider. And, O Lord, we ask that Thou would provide for us even here this morning through Thy Word. Give us ears to hear and give us eyes to see. Save us, O God, from the voice of the preacher. Save us, O God, from another voice, that, Lord, that we would hear the voice of the Savior. And, O Lord, if there is a sinner here this morning listening, Lord, we pray that Thou would remove the blindfold. And, Lord, that there would be a fresh vision of Christ. And, O God, we pray that it would have thy way this morning. Lord, truly a time where the enemy is all around us. But, Lord, we know that Christ's victor is for us. So, Lord, we do look to thee at this time that thou would give special help. Lord, that thou would fill us with thy Holy Spirit. Let the gospel loose this morning. And, Lord, as we look to thee, 
Thou art, O God, the God of heaven. Lord, we do pray for all the people here this morning. Lord, thou dost see the needs of the people. Thou dost see, O Lord, the sickness and the distress and the anxiety. But, O Lord, it was the words of Jesus that said, Let not your hearts be troubled. And, O God, we look to thy word this morning, for thou art the great physician. Lord, maybe there is one here without strength that's fighting with the flesh. Lord, we pray that thou would give strength where it is needed. For, Lord, we need thy help this morning. Lord, we pray that thou would be with thy people. Give us thy blessing, we pray, Lord. We pray for the other churches that are making their stand for God. We pray that thou would give them help. Fill the preacher with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we look to thee at this time. We look at the mission work. Lord, where is that pioneering spirit today? Lord, we ask that thou would bring revival in our time. Lord, how we need a fresh visitation from God. Lord, how we need complete reliance and operation by the Holy Ghost in a time that man has desecrated the name, in a time that the enemy truly has come in like a flood. But Lord, it was thy verse that said, that so shall the Spirit of the Lord raise a standard against them. Lord, we dare not look to the arm of flesh this morning, but Lord, we look to the Spirit of God. Fill our hearts with joy. Give us that special touch in which we desperately need. Pour out thy grace, feed thy sheep, and feed thy lambs through thy words. Lord, we dare not come with the gimmicks of this world. But Lord, all we have this morning is the Bible. That's all we have. So Lord, bless it we ask. Be with us here. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let us turn to our second hymn, 421. Four hundred and twenty-one, will your anchor hold in the storms of life, when the clouds unfold their wings of strife, when the strong tides lift and the cables strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the stole steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Let us stand once again in the singing of the second hymn.
may be seated. If you have your Bibles open this morning, if you can please to turn to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And as you're turning there, this is Paul's warnings of false teachers. First Timothy chapter 4, and we will commence our reading at verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received, with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it is, beceive, if it is to be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, specially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let us bow our heads before the Holy God. Our Father, our God, we thank Thee once again that we can come to Thy throne of grace. Lord, we come once again asking of Thy help, that Thou would give special help this morning in the preaching of Thy Word. Lord, that we would hear the voice of the Savior. Lord, that Thou would bless Thy Word. And, O Lord, that Thou would give us an ear to hear. Prepare the hearts, O Lord, we ask. And, Lord, that there would be a great visitation this morning. And, O Lord, that we can leave and encourage people, knowing truly that we have met with God Himself. Give it, we ask. Part us with Thy blessing. And, Lord, we ask that Thou would not withhold Thy Spirit. In Jesus' precious and holy name, Amen. At this part of the service, I'm going to call upon George uh, for the announcements. had me concerned there, brother. I thought you were going to go right into your message. And uh, <clears throat> anyhow, I, I, he, uh, we're very thankful that we have our preacher here this morning. It was always good to see him here amidst all the uh, little chaos we had. As soon as I came in, the, the alarm bells were going off in the church. Uh, we had the fire inspectors in this week, and they test all the systems, so I come in here and see two, uh, four red lights on, and uh, we can't get out the fire panel. So, so Jonathan and I were able to take the panel off another way and reset the system. So, you know, so much for coming to church and wanting to be in the spirit. Sometimes you have to deal with uh, very carnal matters and procedural uh, earthly matters, and so we're thankful that we got that solved. So if the, uh, if the alarm comes back on again, 
uh, a few men know to reset the system so we can have a bit, bit of peace and quiet, so we're, we will get it checked out. And when I'm on that theme too, that uh, we had good news that part of our air conditioning uh, system is, has arrived from the United States, and so tomorrow this part of the church here will be a little cooler. So, uh, so next week it should be perfect. And uh, this side of the church is a little cooler, so if you get a little too hot over here, you can move over here, and I'll understand why. All right, so anyhow, you're very welcome here this morning, those of you in person and those also online, and uh, we're thankful that uh, the weather actually has been kinder, so that even our air conditioning system is uh, uh, not functioning properly, yet the weather has helped, and so it, 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 it really is. Uh, we have to give thanks to the Lord for that. We're also uh, happy that Frank is here this morning with his wife, and, uh, and we uh, appreciate their help. They will be with us now for the next year as he's serving his internship, and that uh, will uh, uh, be under the session and the guidance of the session, the pastor in the session. And so they'll be very much part of our congregation. So I know you've already been primed on that. And so uh, we're thankful that he's here this morning and also, also this evening as well. So may the Lord bless your message to our hearts, brother. And um, so as I've mentioned, the evening service will be at 6.30, preceded by the prayer time at 5.50. And please keep <clears throat> our meetings in prayer at uh, this time, and pray that the Lord will bring in even sinners from this neighborhood, and that we may see uh, souls saved in our ministry. And we're welcome to those that are visiting with us. I know there's a few from the United States, where you're very welcome. I don't have your names, but uh, you're very welcome here to our church this morning. Um, our prayer meeting will be at the usual time on Wednesday at 7.25, and uh, I am being slotted in to take the prayer meeting, so I'll be I trust you will keep that in mind. We'll also be on Zoom as well. And our own pastor will be back next uh, Sunday uh, for both services. I have a further announcement um, that the gym night is switching to Fridays. Um, but this week, is uh, we're going to have a, a double uh, billing. So we have it on Monday and Friday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. for this week only. So you have two helpings of exercise and fellowship, and then the following weeks it'll be on uh, Fridays. And I trust those are all the necessary announcements, and we uh, will hand it back to you, brother. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Well, we thank our brother for those necessary announcements, and we will turn to our third hymn before we get into the message. 602. Six hundred and two, conquering now and still to conquer, rideth the king in his might, leading the host of all the faithful into the midst of the fight. See them with courage advancing, clad in their brilliant array, shouting the name of their Lord. Leader, hear them exultingly say, Not to the strong is the battle, not to the swift is the race, yet to the true and the faithful victory is promised uh, through grace. Let us stand to sing at six hundred and two.
may be seated. Well, it's a great joy to be here once again with that uh, warm welcome. I'm from a smaller congregation, and we have one visitor for us, that's Revival. <laughs> but uh, we are grateful for the warm welcome that we had, and we feel very comfortable here. And uh, we thank you all for that, and we trust that the Lord will bring His blessing here this morning through His Word. And it's very funny, uh, the Berry Church gives their warm regards as well, and uh, my father is the preacher there, so being the son of a preacher, it could be very funny because you begin to get very suspicious uh, of your father taking your material, uh, so he began to lock up his servants. Uh, so he put a double hardened lock uh, on his cabinet, so uh, I got the picture. Uh, so I did the same thing. I put a triple hardened lock on mine, but lo and behold, he didn't know there was only one sermon in there. So these are the things you have to go through, uh, having the Father as a preacher. But we are grateful uh, for the ministry in Barrie, and we, uh, they do send their warm regards, and we appreciate your prayers from this place, and trust the hand of the Lord will be upon you. Take your Bibles once again, if you can, and turn to Isaiah's prophecy, chapter 59. And if the fire alarm goes off, it's not a part of my sermon, I can assure you that. Isaiah chapter 59, and please notice as we come to verse 19, which will be our text for this morning, especially the second half, and we will commence our reading at Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1, and we will continue for the first 21 verses. Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their web shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. For the works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their, in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light. But behold, obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like blind, and we hope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like all, like bears, and mourn so like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us 
For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it has displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness has sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with the zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. And here we are coming to the spirit of the Lord's standards. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto him that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit is upon thee. And my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Let us bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless this lengthy portion of Scripture to our own hearts. Let us ask for his help. Our Father and our God, once again we come to thy throne of grace, knowing it is not through merit of ourselves, but only through the merits of Jesus Christ the righteous. We thank Thee, O Lord, that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Lord, we rejoice that Thou are in our midst here this morning. So, Lord, we ask of Thee, as just like the psalmist said, now, O God, is the time to work. So, Lord, we pray that Thou would now uh, let loose the gospel, let loose Thy word to the hearts of the people. Give us special help. In Jesus' name we ask. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. In this text, it's a well-known portion of Scripture that many know that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard to fight against them. The title of this morning's message is The Holy Spirit's Victory in Days of depravity. In such an evil age, even in many professing Christians have taken the view, and churches have taken the view, that God has taken His Spirit away and has left the church alone to fight the enemy. Not every season is a season of revival. In this portion of Scripture, our context is not a season of revival, but as a matter of fact, it's a very dark time. It states the continual judgment upon Israel for their hypocrisy and their sin. And as we live in a day and age where literally anything goes, sin is the norm. Sin is accepted, as Isaiah is the preacher of Christ. He proclaims the gospel right away in verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. A great preacher that Isaiah is, and he goes on to state that it's their sin that is separating them from the presence of God. And then he goes into detail from verses 1 to 8. And we see the, and we see the darkness from verses 9 to 15. And then the armor of God in verse 16 to 18. 
just showing you the context here. Then we get into the climax of this portion of Scripture when he speaks about the Spirit of the Lord's standard. That there is hope. Despite all man's failings, there is still hope for the church, even in our day. Yes, where when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. It cannot be ignored that we are living in a time of great change. And you've got to get with the times. Where the enemy has infiltrated not only the church, but a major assault has begun in the schools. In the political office, virtually every law being passed today is an anti-God law, humanly speaking. It is literally a time where the enemy has come in like a flood. You say, preacher, save your breath this morning because this is the Old Testament. Oh, Friend, this is a prophetic passage. This is 100% applicable to our time. And I'm going to show you that. And here, as a wise preacher once said, that the enemy will attack the church when it's at an all-time low. And that's when the enemy comes in. And if you can mark your Bibles, if you can turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 15... Here is the prophecy that it's continual, it's active. The Old Testament is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. I'll read it to you here and it says here, who is the enemy? Who are we dealing with here? It says here, Revelation 12 verse 15, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. The woman is talking about the church. So this passage is applied in our time, just in case there's any confusion here, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And here, it describes in detail the persecution of Israel and the elect church by the beast, the old serpent, which is another name for the devil. Well, it's a privilege this morning to preach against the devil. In every age, the devil comes to attack and assault the church of Christ. His means change from age to age. The way in which he attacks the church changes. But friend, the motive remains the same. Motive is always the same in every age. To decimate the church of Christ. And I have two major points I want to preach to you this morning. Is The first point is the way in which the enemy comes in. And the devil seeks to decimate the church by spreading error and false religion. Notice our text. It says here, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Notice the word when. It does not say if. It does not say if the enemy shall come in. But it says when the enemy shall come in. Again, another active thing here, as we know that it's only a matter of time. And the idea here is a raging flood. And what an idea here is the raging flood, the overbearingness of the enemy. Those of you who have seen a place that is flooded... We often see men with the the sandbags on their head and they take the bags and they throw it down and they smack it against the other one. Then the laborers come in from the back and they keep coming in. As the waters begin to rise, they get more frantic and they get more bags and they slap another one on. But it's too much, you see. That's the picture here. A raging torrent. 
major assault and the flood as it comes in to destroy everything in its path. So the devil comes in to destroy the souls of men and to decimate the work of God. It's a harsh reality this morning. It's 100% a reference to the devil. But he seeks as the prince of this world to blind the minds of men in our present day. A day that you minister the gospel to a soul and they look at you as if you have three heads. A day where morality is thrown out the window. He establishes heresies in every age to destroy the church of Christ. He uses men like Charles Russell of like the heretical teaching of the Jehovah's Witness. He used Pelagius, Arius, Sicinius. In our day, we live in a time that literally speaking, everything goes. Every single thing under the sun, it goes. Morality has truly been thrown out the window. We live in an age where the church has lost its sting. The church has lost its fight. Seminaries now being taught to deny the inspiration of any Holy Ghost operation in the Scriptures. I can list you liberal scholars that state the Bible needs to be re-examined. I tell you, the only thing that needs to be re-examined is their heads. Because the Bible doesn't need to be re-examined. A time that liberal scholarship has taken the place of the Holy Ghost where the Spirit of God is absent. We are actively in a time where the church is under assault. When the enemy shall come in like a flood during the darkest hours, of the Reformation, when all of Europe was in darkness. It was a very dark time when the people of God did not have the Bible in their hands. Friend, I can't stress to you enough how dark this hour was. And you read some historical readings and they'll tell you that the end is near. Truly, the Lord's coming is coming. This is the end. Not a Bible in the hands of the people. But friend, with all this darkness this morning, and Isaiah, as he went through the darkness of his time, oh, friend, there's hope this morning. But God will lift a standard. But God will lift a standard. The Holy Spirit He brought His Word to light. That this wasn't new light. It wasn't some new perspective as they come today and there's a new perspective on the teachings of Paul and a new perspective on the Bible. They went back to the Bible. It wasn't new light. Just like they scream today, Friend, you got to get with the times. Oh, no. We got to go back in time. We got to go back to the Bible. And when the reformers went back to the Bible, he lifted a standard when he raised such men as Luther and John Knox, a galley slave. And when he fought for the living God, that was the standard for Scotland. Oh, friend, Knox was in the fight. Knox was in the fight when he lifted his hands to the heavens and he called upon God and he said, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. That's the fight. 
That's the spirit and the standard of God. Friend, we are living in a time where you have to get with the times, a time where modernism has taken over the church every time that revival has come. It didn't come from modernism. It didn't come from liberal scholarship. It didn't come from the arm of man. But it came from the Spirit of the Lord. It's not a secret this morning. But instead, the church today should be lifting a standard. That's the standard in our time. That's the church. And instead of the church lifting a standard in our time, instead of fighting against the enemy, it welcomes the enemy. It shakes hands with the enemy. Come on in! Perhaps we can work things out. Friend, that's compromise. That's compromise. Isaiah, the great preacher he was, when he starts off in verse 1, he establishes the gospel right away. He wants to make sure that if anyone's listening here, that Christ, his arm is not shortened, that it cannot save. Then he goes on to show the sins of the people. Even though sin was an accepted thing in their time, he knew there was power in the gospel. He knew that Christ and his arm is not short. Despite all the iniquity of the people, despite, as it goes on in detail, I'm not going to go through it because you get the point. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. He is in tune to his church this morning. Hey, friend. He knows every little thing what's going on. He knows every plan of the devil. He knows every single thing. He's right in tune as though a day where you say that the Spirit has taken, that God has taken His Spirit away. That's not what the Bible teaches, friend. But what does the Bible say when the Lord said that I will give you a comforter and it shall abide with thee forever? That's a great promise. Oh, God would... Lift up his hand only for a moment. He'll never completely withdraw his spirit. And as we know here, the enemy confronted. That's our second point. And through all the darkness of the time, notice the words, lift up a standard. From the original it states, it shall put him to flight. Thank God for the second half. Though when the enemy does come in, the overbearingness, the infiltration in every area possible, when the enemy has come in, it says here, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard to drive him away. Praise God, there is hope for the church in days of declension. Praise God, there is hope for the church in these days of declension. Thank God it's not in man's hands, nor in his efforts. And if you look what it says here in verse 16, and he saw that there was no man. Don't miss his word this morning. Don't miss God's word this morning, friend. you got to see it. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. There was no man. There was no man to bring salvation. Because man's arm is short, you see. When coming to salvation, man is completely helpless. And friend, what a scene do we have in verse 17. 
As Jehovah God, it says here, this is talking about Jehovah God in verse 17. It says here, For He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon His head, and Peter put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. It's God preparing Himself for war. To fight for His people. Just like in war, in the wars of old, when the front men, front line men, would take the heat of the battle. And the enemy comes in like a flood, and they're surrounded, and morale is low, and defeat is near, and the body bags are high. And then they'll look back and they'll see from the back as they lift up the banner and they show the emblem and the, and the colors and they get a second wind and they drive the enemy away. You see, God's standard this morning is His Son. You say, why should I be in the fight? Because Christ fought for you. Christ fought for you. That was God's standard. When they lifted up the Roman cross and Christ was exalted, that whosoever shall look upon Him shall live. That's God's standard. Every time there's a revival, there's a fresh vision of Christ. There's a fresh vision of the gospel. There's a fresh vision of the fight. No. We're living in a time that man's efforts have pushed aside the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something about the efforts of man. You want to talk about the efforts of man, we'll talk about it. Ever since the beginning of time, it's always been a failing effort by man. Ever since God established the covenant of works in the Garden of Eden, man had failed by his works. But then God came with his grace. It's been failing ever since, and in that great portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, I'll read it to you as it says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Friend, there are things you can do to fill a church overnight. I don't have the electric shock this morning to make you jump from your, your pews. I... I don't have the holy water. As a matter of fact, you can buy it. It's 50% off if you want it. But you see, that's man's efforts. That's not the work of the Holy Ghost. In a time where it is truly the Laodicean church, where the church is comfortable and you see the great buildings and all the money being pumped into the church. You see the money bags and you see the manpower and the staff. But where is the ministry of the Holy Ghost? Where is the power of the Spirit of God? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Friend, if you're not saved this morning, you look to God's standard. In a day of easy believism, mere professions, but praise God when the Spirit moves upon you and you're convinced of your sin. That's true repentance. That's true repentance unto salvation. That's the operation of the Holy Spirit upon the sinner is when it convinces of sin. Repentance unto salvation. 
And friend, maybe you say, preacher, save your breath. I'm, I'm too weary for the fight. I, I don't have it in me. Oh, friend, remember the words of the psalmist. Have you forgotten that when his flesh was failing him and his heart was failing him, he says, my flesh and my heart will faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He will give you the strength to fight. And again, the great preacher Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, what does he say? He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. Maybe you've come into this place with no might at all. You've come with nothing else except self. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. God Almighty will give you the strength. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember, Christ has fought for you. What's your cause this morning? Can I ask you that? Well, you have to have a cause. Well, you talk to people today and there's many causes. I'm fighting for a greater promotion. I'm fighting to make more money. I'm fighting for a better retirement. But where is the cause of Christ? Friend, it's a greater cause. No greater cause than that this morning. And God has lifted up His standard in our time, which is the true church of Jesus Christ. That's the standard. He'll drive the enemy away. And I tell you, there's many causes to fight. But Christ fought for you when He walked the lonely road, when they put the thorn of thistles upon His head. He was fighting for His people. As we know that when He walked the lonely road, as He came and ministered unto His own, and His own received Him not, He was fighting for you. When the Lord said that I came not to condemn the world, but I came to save, And thank God Almighty that we preach the greatest message ever heard to mankind. Jesus saves. And notice the verse in verse 21. Notice the words in verse 21, the prevailing word of God as it states in Isaiah 59 verse 21. I'll just read it to you here. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of thy mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. That's the advancement of the gospel in every age. As we went in our Bible study on Wednesday night, our brother brought up that our God is a covenant-keeping God. That He's making a covenant with His people that through the darkest hour of hell and all the powers of hell against Christ's church, that the advancement of the gospel shall always go forth. The preaching of God's Word, though the enemy comes in like a flood to snuff out the flame. to try to destroy as they tried many times. By the God's Almighty Spirit, the power of His Word will be present till the end of time. That's the covenant of God. God's covenant with His people never shall the preaching of God's Word diminish nor shall the mighty working of the Holy Ghost stop by operation, because man pushes it to the side. And friend, 
to conclude all things here this morning, it is a great thing to leave this place encouraged. It's an encouraging message here this morning. That there's hope for the church of Christ in days of declension. There's still hope in a time that literally everything goes. It is not God's will for you to leave this place hopeless. It's not God's will for you to leave with some fears of that you think that it cannot be done. This is a great word of encouragement that when the enemy does come in like a flood, when when the devil does come in to decimate the church of Christ, when he does come into the schools, and he does come into the political office, Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard to fight against them. The Spirit of the Lord shall, for He will. He's pleased to do it. He looks to do it. To lift up a standard against them. However subtle the enemy is, humanly speaking, we're no match. That's why it goes on to say, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, it doesn't say the arm of man. It doesn't say the church. It says the Spirit of the Lord. That's his fight. The great thing it is to call upon God to fight for his people. Humanly speaking, we are no match for the devil, but praise the Lord who has given us a banner here this morning. Yea, He Himself is your banner, the great standard that under Him you shall conquer and be more conquerors through Him that loved you. And may the church pronounce its victory by the Spirit of the Lord. And may be like David who already was assured and pronounced Goliath's doom before he took the fight. Therefore, friend... Be strong then in the Lord and in the power of His might. And may the Lord continue to use His great church as a great standard in our time. Let us end then. I want to end you uh, with our final hymn. I'll just read you the hymn writer's words. It says here, We never need be vanquished. We never need give in. Though waging war with Satan and compassed round by sin, allurements oft assail, but in the name of Jesus... We shall, we must prevail. We in ourselves are nothing, a small and feeble host, nor have we aught the prowess wherein to make our boast. Our stronghold is Christ Jesus, His grace alone we plead, His name our shield and banner, Himself just all we need. Let us really sing uh, the final hymn here. And it's 582.
remain standing for closing prayer. Our Father, our God, we thank you for thy word this morning, and we pray that thou would depart us with thy blessing. And Lord, that thou did lift up a standard in our time. And Lord, we look to Christ at this time. And Lord, as we just read, himself is all we need. And Lord, we thank you for thy word. And Lord, we pray that thou would bless us with thy spirit. Lord, fill us with the Holy Ghost. Depart us with thy blessing. Bless everyone here. In Jesus' precious name, amen.